0: Welcome to The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here is your host, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director. Welcome, Compounding World. This is Mike Delisio, and thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. As we have featured in prior episodes, I've been Privileged to have the opportunity to sit down with Aaron Michael as we discussed both building a marketing plan and walking through the sales process. When we finished recording the podcast with Peter Koshland, one thing that resonated with me was uh, a lack or a gap in the marketplace as it pertained to overall customer service, but not necessarily... Servicing patients on a day-to-day basis it was truly the journey that a patient would have when dealing with a compounding pharmacy. I think Peter defined it as being the overall customer experience as it pertained to a brand image. And and that's something that I wanted to discuss more today with Aaron Michael. So, Aaron Michael, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks. Always great to be a part of it.
0: This is appearance number three for you. And um we, I know we, we spent so much time talking about the definition of sales and marketing, and, and part of all that is really brand image. But thinking about customer experience and the journey of that one patient, you know, we've also broken down the triad in so many different ways, as it pertains to disease states, as it pertains to uh, clinical services, and, and a lot of the, the assistance that we provide at PCCA. But thinking about the patient and their overall experience with a pharmacy, and specifically a compounding pharmacy and what that looks like. So I know you and I have had this conversation in the past, you know, where we we see potential areas of improvement at the pharmacy level. You've had tremendous experience working within a pharmacy yourself and being very aware of what what that customer experience and that that journey of a patient really looks and feels like. In, In your words, Aaron, I think just to kick things off, what is customer experience to you? And what have you noticed, even on your own end, being a patient at some point and, and how you would want to just overall be treated and how you would perceive a compounding pharmacy?
1: Well, it's interesting. And I'll, I'll try and break this down as, as simple as I can, because it is a really multifaceted topic. Um, but I think you're just really trying to, what is that feeling, that emotion? What is what are you trying to achieve when a patient walks into your pharmacy? And I said, and you know, I think sometimes you have to take a step back and you really have to look through your pharmacy through a different lens. I think sometimes we see, you know, working in our pharmacy every single day, um, working around the same people every single day, we can get caught up in seeing things through our lens. And so I always encourage people to take a step back, um, you know, maybe invite either a, a mentor or a, a coach or whoever you feel uh, could be someone that gives you some really objective feedback to, to become a patient and to follow, you know, step-by-step step what that means from your first interaction with the pharmacy all the way through to, you know, in, in, in our world, whether that's refills or, you know, continuing to have interaction with that pharmacy. Um, this was something that we were very, very passionate about at our pharmacy and, and, because we were a pharmacy that had been around for 60 plus years in the same location, um, you know, really a our main location was a pillar within the community. It was something that if you lived in that area, you got your prescriptions filled at that pharmacy. I think sometimes we can take that for granted as well. And so we can get lax or we can get complacent with expecting that the same people are going to come to us over and over again. You know, we're in a different era now. We're in a... a a place where there's a lot of competition, um, we'll just speak in the pharmacy world and whether that's mail order pharmacy or whether that's big box pharmacy or whether that's independent pharmacy, um, there's a lot of competition out there. And so what is it that sets you apart and and how do, how do those customers feel from the second they pull into your parking lot and walk through your front door to how your people are answering the phone, you know, when they call in for their refills, are they smiling? You know, you can, you can hear that when somebody's happy on the other end and you can also hear when they're not having a good day on the other end too. So I always, you know, part of brand image and part of that whole entire experience is you need to identify first, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Um, so again, I say this is multifaceted. There's a lot of things running through my head right now, as far as, you know, how do you train your team to do that? How do you, um, make sure, like I said, everything from the customer service perspective, um, the follow-up, the follow-through, the just the, the feeling of your brand logo, what, are, what color are your walls painted? I mean, all of these kind of things play into that experience of what do you want to achieve when someone has a business interaction with you?
0: Yeah, the way I've always seen it is it, it's something that is truly intangible, but could be a, a tangible experience. At yeah. the same time, um, I don't know if that even makes any sense, but there, it, it it's it, it's a very difficult way to describe it because an experience, a journey, um, is has to be defined by an individual and, and their own experience right. and, and their own, uh, I guess you can say their their own walkthrough is going to be very different from somebody else's. I think about the traditional departments that a, an organization would have, you know, sales, marketing. Finance uh, and when you think about pharmacy, it could be quality, etc., human resources. Over time uh, a lot more has been a lot more attention has been focused and these subcategories have expanded from those main departments and we think about culture, you know uh, a high performing culture and having principles and fundamentals in place and defining what a culture means is obviously something that's an intangible. But creating a product out of out of that is so important to employees and and what an organization truly is. And then you think about a web presence and social media presence, and that those are all other tangible things that come out of marketing. Um, but when we, when we talk about brand, like you said, a lot of times people, when you d- say define what brand is, they're going to say a logo, right? Colors, right? Um, Like we, we have brands all around us, whether it's a a Nike swoosh, uh, whether it's Golden arches, you know, those are all brands, but define the experience. Do you want to pay $6 for a coffee and have it done exactly the way that you want? Well, that's a customer experience. Do you want a simple black coffee? Yeah, you can get that in five
1: golden arches,
0: (laughs) a a whole bunch of other places. So yeah, we can, we can go down a whole rabbit hole of talking about other organizations, but specifically to Compounding Pharmacy, I, I think it's something that I'm not going to say is forgotten, but I don't think we're there yet yeah. in terms of having organizations spend a lot of time, effort, focus on developing a brand image that is cognizant of the experience that the patient is encountering. And I think that was my big takeaway from Peter. And as I started off the podcast I talked about Peter, his experience in, in the work that he was uh, developing while he was been work- reworking on his brand and what he represented to patients. But I also put more thought into what he was trying to go after, like he had a demographic, he had a target market being in downtown San Francisco. And I, I feel like we're picking on Peter only because he was on this podcast, but he, he defined what his market was But he also defined what the experience was supposed to be like and what he was going for. And that's what, as a visionary uh, and as somebody responsible for everything in that pharmacy, he wasn't necessarily talking about the dispensing of medication. That could be a part of it. And when that patient leaves the door with the medication, whether he was delivering it or whether the patient was coming up to pick up the script, everything was defined. And... I'm, I'm going to guess I'm teeing this up in such a way that I'm highlighting the importance behind it, Aaron. But from your point of view, working with so many pharmacies, where do you see there being a gap where individuals have maybe forgotten about all this? So focused on growing business, so focused on, on maybe cost cutting and being profitable. Where do people sometimes move away from the overall journey for the patient?
1: Well, first and foremost, I, I hate to say it, but it gets forgotten a lot. Um, sometimes, like you said, we're so business on busy focusing on growing the business that we don't even think about retention of the business. And so are you really growing if you're losing just as much you know, out the back door? So it, you really take some time to take a step back, like I said, and, and really look at it. What are those emotions you're trying to evoke? What is it that you want that customer to feel and and for every single person it is going to be different it's it's dependent on that but like you're saying Peter you need to take the time to find out who is your target market what are what are their wants and needs you don't want to create a whole experience that's on the web if your target market is the geriatric population and they they don't use the web so it's it's knowing those types of things if you do if your target market is the soccer mom who is busy and is running her kids from sport to sport and you know needs to have a convenient way to order her medication or to get her medication delivered to her or something like that, then you want to make sure that that's part of your experience as well and, and being fast and convenient and something that wants to or something that is uh, appealing to that target market. So I think understanding who your customer is first and foremost. Um, and I see so many times that that people don't know that. And I'll ask that question, you know, is we can't sit here and and begin to develop whether it's goals for a sales and marketing plan or even what does my customer journey look like if you don't know who your customer is. So, you know, there's lots of of ways that you can do it. You can make it as simple as possible. You can make it as complicated as possible. Um, A lot of that information you can gather every single time you have an interaction with a patient. You know, um, on customer intake forms, you can find out are they on social media? Do they text message? You know, there's a lot of different ways that we communicate with patients now. Um, so a lot of that information is already in your computer system. You can find out who your target market is. There's things that you can do besides that, and that's you know whether it's surveys, you can ask questions of your customers when you're interacting with them, and and find out what are some wants and needs, and what are they trying to experience, but. I think none of this would be possible without the attitude of I want to be better and I want to make sure that I'm delivering what my customer needs. So if you don't have that mentality and that attitude of being able to look within and know that some things are going to have to change or you're going to have to course correct, then creating this customer experience is never going to work. Um, So I think, you know, like I said, it's very multifaceted. There is little bits and pieces and tips and tricks. I think Peter does an amazing job in really um, being able to define that. And like we said earlier, there's a lot of companies out there that that just think that, oh, well, I have a logo and, and everything in my store and all my collateral material is all the same color and all of that and that's my experience. Well, that's not really what it is. That's just a piece of that puzzle. And um, so you, you just need to take a step back, look at what are you trying to create for that that patient or that that person that's engaging with you and um you know there's a whole culture piece like you said to that that's kind of I think the next step is making sure that all of your team is on board and really understands what that experience and that journey is and now how do we actually implement it and what are the tactics that go along with it as well
0: I spend a lot of time thinking about our customer service department and um the journey that a lot of our members go through um, in terms of them doing business with PCCA and and what their experience is like uh, both from a web experience when or when there's human interaction with our front-facing teams customer service clinical services department um, you know our geniuses behind the scenes and and obviously our sales team and as they try to bring all that together um, I see where we could potentially try to improve and, and whether or not there are pharmacies that pay strict attention to this remains to be seen. I think you and I have a unique experience where we've walked into thousands of pharmacies in our careers. And if you add them all up, uh, somebody asked me the question the other day of who do you think truly excels and what is the overall percentage of where you would probably get your own script filled just based on that overall look and feel of the pharmacy and how you were treated and what that experience was like for you. And I would say it's probably less than 10%. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's not to say that 90% are not in a good spot. I think it's just that welcoming atmosphere, you know, seeing all of the staff wearing the same, the same clothing or the same logos, um, having a very clean environment, probably more so important than anything else, whether or not it's been renovated or modernized over time. I think there are some pharmacies that have the unique blend of, of having, some old architecture mm-hmm. and a very new, clean, modern look, which is such an important part to the overall patient. and And having somebody sitting in a in a waiting area, um, you want them to feel comfortable. And yeah. you want to also analyze that interaction that your front store staff is having with the, those patients, because when they leave, it's not just it's on over. And I think that's another big takeaway as well. How do you treat patients? once they've already received their medication. And what do you do from that point forward? Cuz that that is part of a follow-up process that is probably extremely important to the overall experience.
1: Yeah, and that's that's something called service after the sale. Mm-hmm. And we've all experienced that. We've all bought something and whether it was the best product in the world, whether, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's the service after the sale that really makes a difference. And and It doesn't have to be, you know, that quote unquote service. It's not like someone comes and works on your refrigerator. It is that experience that keeps on going once I leave that place of business. And so it could be a follow-up program. And, you know, it was a couple months ago. I was in Houston and it happened to be my birthday and, and I got a call from my own pharmacy. And it was crazy because the call was first thing in the morning. I didn't recognize the number, so I didn't answer it. But I listened to the voicemail And it was my local pharmacist, not a recording, but actually him saying, you know, I'd like to be the first person to say happy birthday to you. I hope you have a great day. That's part of the customer experience. That's part of the journey, you know, and that's the service after the sale. So it's those kind of things. What are you doing to make your life, to make your patient's life easier? What are you doing to stay on their mind all the time, to make sure that, you know, if if there's a new neighbor that moves to town and they ask, you know, your patient, well, where do you go to get your prescriptions filled? That your pharmacy is the first one that comes to mind because of that overall experience. So what are some of those things that you're doing to continue that service after the sale? And, and, um, there's a lot of things that you can do to make sure that you are staying top of mind, but I think it's just making it personal. And what a great way to tie in with what we do. Compounding is personal. You know, and why not make the service or the experience personal too? So you might have an overall general customer journey, customer experience, but, you know, make it personal to that individual as well. Um, You can do things like a a follow-up call after they pick up a new prescription. How are you doing, Mrs. Smith? Is everything going okay? You know, is there anything that um, the medication, is the medication working? Is, you know, are you feeling better? Any of those types of things. I'll tell you, not everybody does that. Um, being proactive and whether you have a refill reminder system in place or whether you have you know a clerk that can work the phones and start calling some of your people and making sure Mrs. Smith you know your couple of days before your prescription gets refilled, um, do you want us to take care of that for you? So it's all of these things to really set yourself apart and I identify what those competitive advantages are and make sure that your customers are having. Not only a positive experience when they're actually there in the store, or like you said, when someone delivers a prescription to them, but what's happening after that sale too. I think service after the sale is, um, it gets forgotten a lot. And unfortunately, we need to take a step back and, and think about what does that mean to our patients.
0: Where, where do you think people should start um, when analyzing their own experience? We, you mentioned customer intake forms. Uh, that's, that's a method I guess, to a solution. Is, is there a, anything else that someone should do to try to analyze this? Because there's an effort involved. Um, I think pharmacies would have to sit down and not only look at their brand, but try to figure out which direction they want to take. And then it becomes training. It becomes constant reinforcement. Mm-hmm. It becomes a culture. There is, it, it's a tremendous after effort after, the, after it's defined. It's not All something right. that is extremely easy.
1: So it needs to be intentional. First of all, um, you have to intentionally want to get better and you have to really open yourself up. Um, if you're not ready to do that, then this is not going to work. And so you can do things like I mentioned earlier, where, uh, maybe you have somebody come in, um, almost kind of secret shopper kind of thing to where they, they almost do a, an audit, um, you know, at our sales and marketing symposium last year, we made the group, um, we buddied people up and they exchanged pharmacy phone numbers and they actually went out into the hall and called each other's pharmacy. Um, They asked certain questions that they needed a prescription, you know, filled, or they asked if the pharmacy was able to compound a medication. Um, They asked two or three questions and then they were asked to come back into the room and everybody reported out on what was that experience like. And that's, you know, this this word secret shopper can be used in many different ways, but that's a great way of of being able to see, like I said earlier, is the person smiling when they answer the phone? Are they helpful? Um, Do they have, are they empowered to even answer the questions that the patients are asking? Oftentimes, you know, we see that the person that is answering the phone has no knowledge of any of the services or all of the services, I should say, that a pharmacy provides. And so How horrible is it when you call a pharmacy and first of all, or call any business, first of all, the person on the other end is not happy and you can hear that through the phone or when you're trying to ask a question, they have no idea what services the company that they work for provides. So I think education plays a huge part in that, Um, but you can't do any of this and you can't be better and you can't have a better customer experience if you're not willing to be open enough to know that there's gonna, it's going to be the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you have to take it all in stride. So I would highly suggest um, having some kind of, whether it's an external party or somebody from the outside come in and almost do that secret shopper type of experience to see where are some of the gaps and what do you need to be improving on.
0: Erin, I'm happy that you brought up culture and i know i also alluded to it in terms of a lot of companies in um, in this day and age are spending a lot of time and effort not only looking at the culture that they have for their employees within the organization but making a conscious effort to define it um and not to have something that's spoon-fed to every single individual that works for you but um hopefully that that culture spills over into the customer experience. I I think I can honestly say that this is something that we're not shy about, that we've spent a tremendous amount of resources on analyzing the, the overall experience for our staff here at PCCA. I think there's a reason why we've been named top workplaces in Houston for six years in a row. And I, I know that makes our leadership team extremely proud, but most importantly, defining that internal experience is what, we hope spills out into the marketplace and that our members of PCCA have a certain journey or a certain experience with us as a company because of the level of effort that we put into making their lives hopefully that much better. And when we talk about culture, I think there's certain individuals that have done things extremely well that we've been fortunate or blessed to have within our our membership organization. And one of them is a customer that you're very familiar with. Um, we 've also paid more attention to this at international where we 've had individuals like Bill Kaiser who have educated all of our member base and, and had a chance to discuss the expansion of having a high powered culture and what that means to an organization and and I think he 's done an extremely extremely gr- great job at educating people and, and hopefully opening their eyes as to the importance of culture. But in your own words, um, what are some of the experiences that you've had with some of our members?
1: Well, I think the first thing to think about is, is improving your culture is not a one-time thing. It is a, um, something you're going to do for a lifetime and it's continually evolving and growing and changing and improving. So everything from, what it feels like when the customer comes in to how your employees are treated, um, what they're feeling and what their experience is too. I know, you know we started off this podcast talking about the customer, but what about your employees and what is the, the overall journey or experience that they have as well? Um, it starts with looking for the right qualities from the hiring process. So do you, if you're trying to create an experience for the customer, then you have to have the right people in place that are going to do the things that make that customer experience positive. So, starting from the hiring process and looking for who are the individuals that are going to fit within your culture? Not just the hard skills, but you know, what are the soft skills? And I've often said it, you know, hard skills are great, but looking for those soft skills, those are the things that are a lot harder to train and a lot harder to find. So, while it may not be you know, finding someone that has the exact experience or the exact education credentials or whatever, but they they are a true culture fit for your organization, those hard skills can be taught. So I always tell people don't overlook somebody just because they may not have the education credentials or the, the lifetime work experience that you're looking for. Make sure that the culture fit um, is there. <clears throat> it's also things like making sure that there's this team environment and that everybody works with each other and everybody, you know, you don't have to be best friends, but we still have to honor and respect each other while we're at work too. So that's all, you know, something that is part of your culture and something that should be embraced and embodied in every single person that's within your pharmacy. Uh, Mike, you spoke about one of our our members that kind of stands out in this and and absolutely, you know, and I'm proud to call Terry Vassadin a, a friend, but also a colleague. And I'm so proud of to see what she's done with really taking her culture at her pharmacies to the next level. Um, she does things not only from the beginning in, in the hiring process, but also throughout. And like I said, this is an evolution. This is a continual process. You can't just hand somebody, you know, a book of principles or what's our mission statement or any of those types of things and think that you're good to go. It's a continual training and it's a continual um, way to empower your staff to feel good about what they're doing every single day. So whether that's training them on the services that you provide or training them you know during the thanksgiving holiday about about how to feel grateful and how to be thankful for the things that you do and that's not only the the things that they have in their personal life but what's going on at the pharmacy feel grateful and feel thankful for the patients that you get to interact with every single day and and in the compounding world again you know i think culture is such a great fit for what we do because Everything we do is so personalized, and it gives us really the opportunity to create that experience or that that customer journey, which ties in so well with our culture. So if you have very service oriented people, um, people that want to make sure that they're big you know part of something bigger than them, then this is definitely the industry to be in. But Terry has has done a great job in not only making sure that all of her employees get that foundation or that base, but continual training. And she's spoken at our sales and marketing symposium, and she's she's spoken at international seminar. And like you mentioned, Bill Kaiser of High Performing Culture, another great opportunity or a great way to really continue that um, that learning process. You know, it's it's a like I said, it's it's an experience for your customers, but the culture part is the experience for your staff. So make sure you're continually training them. Make sure that you make it fun. You know, we spend how much time with our our co-workers, most of the time, more time than we spend with our family. So we need to make sure that there's things going on, the appreciation component of it, the um, celebrations. You know, one of our, our core values is celebrate as a family. It's not always about work. It's about making sure that we celebrate each other's successes, that we're there th- with each other through the trenches, and that we're there to provide feedback and support to each other. Because really, if you don't have that, it just becomes a job. And those are, that's never what you want. You don't want someone that just looks at their, their position as a day-to-day job. You want someone that's really passionate and really is proud of what they do and who they help every single day. So, you know, I say that I use Terry as that example. There's so many other things that she's done. Um, I'd love to, another great podcast opportunity for you, Mike, um, definitely get her on here because she's the expert um, in what she's done in, in her real life pharmacy and can share some of those things. But I've just seen, yeah, I've been present at some of her trainings and to see how her staff has really embraced. And I'll tell you what, knowledge is power. We know that. And when you invest in your your team, um, there's no better way to create that positive customer experience and and customer journey when you have a happy team and an empowered team?
0: I personally think this is the trifecta. You know, building the marketing plan, defining a sales process, and then creating a culture and a, a customer experience is the three things that any pharmacy should do and if they talk about growing their business, if they assume that just the fact they're going to put a compounding sign on their front door, if that's going to lead to uh, to greater business prosperity, unfortunately, it's not the case. And I think we, we've seen that over our experience as well, is that there has to be some dedication or some effort, or an area of focus that they know where to put their attention towards because there's this is not an easy thing either. There It requires a high level of effort and tremendous resources. So for anybody out there who's listening and, and sometimes feels that this is some, sometimes overwhelming, it, it potentially could be, but it could also be drilled down at the most simplest level. If you're a pharmacy that only has three or four employees, you can still have a very well defined culture. Uh, defined brand image, and the ability to be an effective sales and marketing engine with very limited resources. And it doesn't have to be a 30-employee pharmacy uh, that's trying to look at doing something completely different. So it's, uh, I guess, like I said, it kind of puts or gives us the opportunity to bring everything full circle. And, and in my opinion, this was probably the only missing component. You know, I, I went back and I listened to Peter Koshland's uh, podcast episode, which really was about being ahead of the curve and his effort that he put into not only search engine optimization and his advanced methods of marketing, but he was really focused on what the overall experience was like. And it resonated well with me in terms of what the patient really goes through. You know, we talk about the triad so often we talk about the physician that ultimately has to write that compounding medication, but the patient is always at the heart of it, and their overall experience is something that is important for an industry, not necessarily only a pharmacy as well. We want to be sure that there's there's an efficacious method of delivery and that there's a positive patient outcome that could result in repeat compounds and obviously um, having a happy patient and a healthy patient. So... I think you did a great job of summarizing it all i would love to sit down with terry and that's something that we will probably look at uh, at doing this year is getting an opportunity to sit down with either herself or another member that's just done an exceptional job at developing a high performing culture within their pharmacy so i appreciate the the suggestion there and i think i think you did a great job at summarizing that as an overall talking point and we do hope and the reason why we focus on these topics really is to have everybody think about them. It doesn't mean that they have to be masters at developing culture and a customer experience. It's really just to be cognizant of what it means in their business and what we think is truly important overall for a successful business model.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, there are so many different ways to approach these topics. So like you say, this is not the one size fits all. Mm-hmm. These are just some things and subject, some suggestions that we hope uh, kind of get you... Get your mind thinking and and spark a little thought process there with, you know, how can I continually be better and how can I experience what or how can I improve the experience that my customers are are, uh, feeling when they have a a business interaction with me or my pharmacy?
0: So you've been on the podcast three times now. There'll probably be a fourth appearance down the road. We'll have to try to think of what can further complete the circle from customer service sales and marketing. What do you think?
1: I don't know. That's a tough one. Cause I do agree. Um, you know, if you don't have that, that culture inside and if you don't have happy employees and you're creating that experience there, really all of your efforts that you do on the outside don't really make a difference. So, um, it'll be interesting. I think, uh, we do have some, some new events this year and uh, I'm going to a couple different shows that I haven't gone to. So I'll definitely keep my eyes and ears out on what some of the latest trends are and how I think that that could be uh, relevant to our listeners as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for bringing um, their level of attention and their level of effort to another level. Um, we hope that this podcast has a bit to do with it. So and we hope that your appearances on the podcast obviously have a lot to do with it as well.
1: Number one rating, that's what I'm looking hmm. for.
0: That's all you care about. <laughs> and one day maybe we'll share the download <laughs> s- stats and facts so that you can um you you can go down as the most downloaded yeah. listen to guest on the show.
1: No, it's always fun and I love for those of you that that you know, I've met in person and for those of you that I haven't, hopefully you can hear my voice. I truly have a passion for this and I love helping you guys and and watching you guys to be successful and grow too. So that's always my my passion.
0: Thanks for joining us, Aaron. We Abs- appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you to all of you out there who have listened to this episode of The Mortar and Pestle. As always, please do not forget to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. But most importantly, follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, until next time, this is Mike Delisio. And thanks for listening.